Hi, this is Tia Sarkar. I play Sabine Wren on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to Twin Suns Transmission. Of course, it ends where it becomes a desert planet with twin suns. Hey, my name is Taylor Gray, and I play Ezra Bridger in Star Wars Rebels. I hope you enjoy this week's episode of Twin Suns Transmission. Here's where the fun begins. Let's make this epic more interesting. You've taken your first step into a larger world. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Twin Suns Transmission. I'm your host Eric Pfeiffer joined as always by Jesse Sanfilippo. Hey guys. Welcome to episode 183. We have a good one for you today. Uh, We'll start with the news and then after that we're going to be going into something that uh, I feel like a lot of people might be interested in. Uh, The state of Galaxy's Edge, now that it is, we have a pandemic. We've got COVID still around, um, but things are starting to open back up. And I recently went to Galaxy's Edge, so uh, I figured it would be kind of interesting to uh, give my experience out at Disney. But before we do that, Jesse, why don't you kick us off with the news? Okay, so I know we've all been just itching for some Mandalorian news in you know the wake of everyone not being at Star Wars Celebration, we've all been really wondering what kind of fun news that we might be have been missing out on or might be coming out um, at this time of year if we were all in ce- at Celebration. Um, and I think we're starting to get some of those things here. Um, we'll see. But what we do have is the airing date for The Mandalorian Season 2 on Disney Plus has been announced. It's going to... Start streaming on October 30th, which is very exciting because that is just a couple of months away here, a little bit less than that. Um, And we got some new art uh, for the new title or poster, if you will, of Star Wars The Mandalorian, which looks very similar to the original with some really key differences here that I think are really exciting because it's not just The Mandalorian anymore. We have... Our adorable little baby Yoda featuring prominently in the main title art. Yeah, I love the blue and sort of like sunsetty look to it. Um, I think it really pops. It really shines to me, and it's you know every time a new like Star Wars movie comes out, you know there's a new different color scheme. And with the Rise of Skywalker, it was kind of this blue as well, and so I'm excited to see kind of if that has any impact on what's going to happen in the show. I agree. I love that they're both like looking at each other, walking through. I I was kind of seeing it as a sunrise, but there is like a little moon kind of in the corner Mm -hmm. in like the N at the end. So it's hard to say if that's just like, you know, sometimes the moon is still out when the sun is rising. So I don't know. Sunrise, sunset, either way. Yeah. I love them just like looking at each other while walking off in the distance. It's like that's this like new it's the affirmation of the Mandalorian's commitment to doing right by our little child, the baby Yoda. Yeah. Sticking with. 
And some people have sort of zoomed in on the second A in The Mandalorian, where we have the Mando and the child sort of in there together. They've zoomed in on it, and they've kind of looked at the size differences of the child uh, compared to season one. So he is a little bit bigger. Now, I don't know if that's just like a production thing, because if you put him to scale in this image, he'd be really tiny. Or if he's grown a little bit. So there might be a little bit of a time jump and and maybe the child has grown a little bit since we last saw him. Ooh, that would be interesting. Although I would, I wouldn't put him past them just needing to make it look a little more bigger proportionate. Yeah. yeah. For, for the title. Cause they, they are just shoved in one little a there. Yeah. So, I mean, as far as, like, looking at Baby Yoda now, I'm like, I can't figure out how to zoom in on my computer, so I'm just putting my face closer to the computer. That's why it sounds <laughs> like I'm moving away from my mic. But, like, you can hardly see any detail on the child as it is. So, I would get, if it if it wasn't a time gap, I won't be surprised. But yeah, I'm so excited. I need more Baby Yoda in my life. <laughs> Seems like he's everywhere, so... It'll be nice to get him back on the screen. Agreed. And then, speaking of types of Yodas, um, <laughs> we got a up-close look of some concept art of Yoda in the um, for the new High Republic um, publications that are going to be coming out. Um, we have two beautiful different outfits, if you will, um, for Yoda's concept art that's going to be featured in the new High Republic. And I got to say, I really am enjoying the gold, the gold cape Toyota. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting because, I mean, they in the article that we got about him, they, they basically talk about how, you know, Yoda is still going to be the teacher. You know, he's 900 when he dies at the end of Return of the Jedi, and in this he'll be about 700 years old. So he's still pretty old. Um, right. But it'll be interesting to see kind of how we get more Yoda. They they kind of uh, explained in the article that we got that it'll be mostly in um, the comic book, right? It'll be... Yeah, that's where they said he was going to feature prominently. It was in that comic book. Yeah. The, the High Republic Adventures. Yeah. So that's coming 2021, obviously, just like everything else. So um, I'm excited. I mean, this is the earliest we've seen Yoda's character, so I can't wait. I know. it's It'll be really interesting to kind of... I think the, the whole idea of the entire High Republic and being set in the Golden Ages is already such an interesting time, and then to get to really have at least one story that prominently features Yoda not in, you know, a crazy wartime. Like, what an interesting character to kind of get to to delve into. That we He's so mysterious. We have now the child of the same Yoda species that is the, only the, like, second or... Is Yaddle? Yaddle is also a Yoda? Yeah. So three of the species we've ever seen... We know nothing about them other than they all, the ones that we have ever seen are all force sensitive. So it's it's just fun to kind of get more Yoda. And I also really enjoyed that they kind of talked about how they used art from the Jedi Temple and kind of 
put that in the prints of the two different Yoda outfits we have here. You can kind of see like the almost wake, like wings, if if you will, of like the the Jedi symbol on the first concept art that I'm looking here at here, the with the grayish, tannish, brownish cloak that Yoda's wearing. You can kind of see like the Jedi symbol edges almost is kind of what I was envisioning that as. I don't know. But it looks really cool. Yeah. The one looks a lot more like what we see him in like Revenge of the Sith and then the other one with his little gold robe looks very, very different. Right. I was wondering too if like this is just what Yoda's cloak used to look like and it just got like older and older and more faded with time (laughs) and now you can't see that cool design anymore yeah could be maybe you rolled around in mud over 200 years it's just yeah threads (laughs) the threads can only hold on for so long (laughs) yeah so it'll be very interesting and exciting to get content from the high republic which we were supposed to get last month at star wars celebration Due to COVID, obviously that didn't happen, and so now we're waiting for January of 2021. All right, Jesse, let's go into our main topic of discussion. That's going to be Star Wars Galaxy's Edge during a pandemic. Now, I had been to Galaxy's Edge in 2019 for the opening. I was at uh, the Batu East, which is Florida. And I spent four days at Hollywood Studios doing all things Galaxy's Edge. And it was a great time. It was one of my favorite experiences, just being there with everybody, literally masses of humanity rushing at the front gates uh, to get exclusive merchandise, to get on the Smuggler's Run Falcon ride, to try all the new and exciting foods Fast forward this year, and they are putting restrictions on the amount of people that can be in the park at one time, which obviously is good, but as you can imagine, it's a very different experience going now versus going opening weekend last year. So what I thought I would do is kind of just talk about, if you guys are going on a trip, um, how to maybe plan for that and sort of my experiences with Galaxy's Edge. One thing I noticed is everybody's pictures, especially your pictures, seem they're a lot more Instagrammable, if you will, because there's nobody around you guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's like you get the perfect shot every time. (laughs) Yeah. That's one thing I've really I really liked about it um, is, like you said, there is less people. So, you know, my Falcon picture, everyone gets a Falcon picture, right? You go and stand in front right. of it. You look at mine from opening weekend and you look at mine from this past week and totally different. <laughs> like no one's in sight. <laughs> you know, with the first week, it's like, OK, time it perfectly did not get, you know, the, the least amount of people as you can get in there. But whatever works right it's a good testament to the times <laughs> a falcon picture is a falcon picture true <laughs> and if you were actually at batu there'd probably be other residents walking around it right at the onaka transport solutions but what i thought i would do first jesse is kind of just talk about how we got to this point because obviously this was supposed to be star wars celebration weekend right this past week we were supposed to have celebration and that didn't happen 
And so I wanted to come up with a way for you know, me to use my vacation time because I get two weeks of vacation um, and I had saved up all of this vacation time to go to Star Wars Celebration. And obviously Celebration didn't happen and so I needed to use my vacation up before September 10th and we were trying to figure out what to do and um, most of my vacation was not Star Wars oriented. But um, we found a way to make Galaxy's Edge happen. Uh, we did a lot of research, and Disney really nails it as far as being safe. And so we decided to go on one day to Disney, and they do a fantastic job. We did a lot of research on what it was going to be like. Uh, we made reservations for one day to go there for the full day. They have limited park hours from 10 a.m. until 8 p.m., which I think that's only like two hours, two or three hours maybe, abbreviated. Um, but you not only had to buy tickets for Disney, but you also had to make a reservation. Disney wanted to know how many people were going to be in their park at one time. They wanted to know who was going to be in the park at one time and um, restrict the attendance that way. A ton of things were different from the first time I went. And so we'll start a little bit um, by the social distance parameters. And so, Jesse, I'm sure if you decided to go, you'd be happy about this. They have sort of like giant stickers on the ground that um, are where you're supposed to stand. If you're in like a queue line or something, you stand. It says, please be respectful, stay six feet apart, something like that. This is where you stop. And then six feet in front of that, there's another one. So you stay at those little stickers. And everybody was very respectful of that. They stayed on their little, you know, line to stand. And then I'm sure if you've been to any type of theme park at all, you know that those queue lines sort of zigzag. So some people are going one way, the other people other way. So you have to pass them. Um, but they don't have any of those little lines for you to stand if you would be stopping next to somebody else. So if there's not a divider, um, you just kind of walk straight through to the next little checkpoint. So you're not ever stopping next to a line of people going the other way in a queue line, if that makes any sense. That's awesome. Is there someone like making everybody like is there someone standing there being like hey you're not on the spot or is everybody just doing it because i feel like people are becoming desensitized almost to those spots on the ground just like out and about you know they've got them on the floor of target and in front of other businesses like and even i'm guilty of going the wrong way down the grocery aisle like not looking at the arrow and then realizing it halfway down that i'm going the wrong way i feel like we're starting to become desensitized to it is or is anyone enforcing it or are people just doing it because it's like a magical disney everybody just wants to, to like follow the rules there <laughs> yeah i think it's sort of like a disney's a privilege type thing and we right. were without it for a couple months so now that it's reopened um, that people are legit just trying to obey all the rules that they can while they're there so that it right. doesn't close down again and, you know, COVID numbers go down and all that. So there's not somebody that's enforcing it as you walk through the queue lines, but people are very well behaved when it comes to that. Um, that's good. And they do put up dividers, like those clear plexiglass things. So, like, if you would stand in an area where you may end up, you know, crossing paths with somebody else, there's dividers there. Right. And even on like 
Star Tours. It's not at Galaxy's Edge, but like if you went to Star Tours, um, you know, I don't know how many rows there are. There's like five or six rows in the uh, the transport ship that you go on mm-hmm. and they alternate rows so there's a first row no one's in the second row the third row no one's in the fourth row you know so they kind of do it nice. that way and then dissecting da- right down the middle of each row there's another plexiglass divider so it's only you know your party and then it's divided by um a divider even if they're in your same row so a ton of dividers up everywhere that's awesome, though, because I, I just, for a while, I just couldn't even imagine. Like, I could not imagine going to Disney or going, and frankly, anywhere. Like, I haven't even been to a restaurant because it freaks me out to think about it. But whenever I do go to a store and I see the dividers and I see people actually standing where they're supposed to stand, it feels almost normal like it's weird that that is what it requires now for me to to feel a normal anxiety level yeah (laughs) out and about you know like it feels normal to be able to have everybody wearing masks and to have dividers because you could just act normally but you're just being safe i don't know does that make sense it's It's very that's what makes me feel safe now yeah I mean, as long as people are obeying the rules, everything is normal. And I think everyone at right. Disney wants to obey the rules. At least that's where it's what it seemed like. Again, I was only there one day out of my, my vacation, so it's not something that you know I can speak to as far as how every day goes. But that one day that I was there, it seemed everything seemed very safe. They have sanitation stations everywhere. Um, and everyone must wear a mask over their nose and mouth the entire time, unless you're actively eating or drinking in mm-hmm. a spot, you're stationary. You cannot move and eat and drink. You have to be in one spot. You can take your mask off to actively eat or drink, but otherwise you have to have your mask on. And that I know that they are enforcing because my dad had it like right below his nose for like two minutes because being in Florida and it's you know, a hundred degrees in the humidity and you got to wear a mask all day, it gets really hot. So he like put it right. down below his nose for like maybe a minute and an employee came over and was like, you got to put that up, you know? So they're awesome. really on top of it as far as masks. Like I don't remember see anybody like walking around without masks or anything like that. So everybody had masks on, which was awesome. That is awesome. Somebody does need to be the nose police because, I mean, not that your dad's in the wrong or anything because it is. It's so hard sometimes when it's really hot and you're sweaty and sometimes you just need a moment where you're like, take a deep breath of like real air for just a second to just catch back up with yourself because it does get really tough and I can't imagine doing it in Florida. Honestly, I think that just gave me a whole new perspective a little bit of why everything's (laughs) so crazy down there. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, but I, but it, the the nose and the mask thing, I think that's a problem kind of everywhere where not just like pulling it down for a couple minutes to like catch your breath, but like people genuinely, gen, genuinely thinking that having your nose out of the mask is like doing your part. Like, yeah, <laughs> like they just not do, so much. don't get it. Right. Not so much. So it's no. good that there's nose police at Disney. Yeah. <laughs> 
And there's they also have one relaxation station. And so that's over. It's kind of by the marketplace. Now, if you guys have not been there, you know, it's obviously going to not mean as much to you. But there there is a relaxation place over by um, the marketplace, which has like picnic tables and things like that. And you are allowed to take your mask off there as long as you're sitting at a table and it's only your party there. And you cannot obviously get up and move without your mask. And the tables are all very spread out. So you're not going to be around, obviously, anybody else with that. Um, and speaking of the marketplace, so the marketplace is an area that they have inside Galaxy's Edge, um, sort of leading up to Ronto Roasters. So you walk in, you go through like the, the resistance area, and as you continue to go on, you'll pass a marketplace on the left-hand side of the park. Now the marketplace is uh, a very popular area. It's sort of like one hallway with um, a bunch of different sort of quote unquote stalls, which act as shops. So there's the outfitters one, which have like costumes and things like that. Um, there's one that sells sort of like ornaments and blankets and keychains. There's another one that sells the creature stall. They have the creature one. Um, and there's one other one, I think, I can't remember what it has in that one, but, um, there's four of them and typically you can sort of get there through the middle. You can go from Ronto roasters through the, you know, the back end of the marketplace, but this, they had things lined off. They had people monitoring where people were going. You had to get through the marketplace in one area. Um, you could not get it, get to it through the back, through the sides. You had to go through the front to get to the marketplace. And while you were in the marketplace, they were monitoring how many people were in there at one time with a guy with a little clicker. And he would tell you when it was okay to go in. And then in each of the stalls, it was only your party at one time. So if there was a little kid in one of the stalls, my party had to wait. You know, mm -hmm. so it was only one party per stall, which I think was a great way to to kind of keep people socially distant. And also it works out a lot better because it's not crowded when you're trying to shop. That does sound nice. And I, is there then because it's only one party per t per stall, is there like a like a line for the stalls or yeah. is that not as much of a thing? Because there's not that many people. There is a line for the stalls, and it's marked by the same markers that are in the queue lines. So they're six feet apart, okay. and they're sort of like spread out through the area to get in. But, I mean, they only allow so many people in the marketplace at one time. So the lines for the stalls are not more than a couple people in front of you at max. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That's It does sound... It almost sounds like... I know that you can't necessarily say it. it's definitely not an enhancement of the experience because obviously you just want all that stuff to be away and just experience it as a whole without having to worry about everything yeah. that's going on. But the idea of getting up to a certain, like Disney is so crowded. It doesn't matter what time of year you're there and there's certain times of year that's like you're shoulder to shoulder with people. So it kind of almost sounds nice to like, to be like, this is your party, your family or whoever you came to Disney with has this space to yourselves without people with little kids running out from under your yeah feet looking at things and like you actually get to like experience each section personally without the crowd which actually sounds kind of nice it was pretty nice and you know the first the first time I was there 
because there were so many people and the lines were long, it took me a lot longer to get everything done. I got basically everything done I needed to at Galaxy's Edge in one day this time. So it was it was good in that sense as well. Um, and Amanda, obviously, you know, she was there with me and um, we're, we do our best to stay as safe as possible, as healthy as possible, practice social distancing, all that jazz. And, you know, she works as uh, she works in a salon right now. She deals with people all the time. I work at a collectible store that's in a mall. Obviously, Saturdays can get very busy with people all over the place. And we felt very safe at Disney, which is kind of a testament to the job that they've done making their making their facilities and their parks as safe as possible. So thumbs up to them. Um, Magical place. Yeah. So let's continue to talk a little bit about this, Jesse. Now, not everything was open. If you are planning a Disney trip uh, to Galaxy's Edge anytime soon, the popcorn area is not open. Um, I can't remember exactly what it was called, but that's one thing I didn't try when I was there on opening weekend is the little popcorn area. That's in the marketplace. You can get popcorn there. That was closed. So there's nothing took at spot or anything like that. So I don't know what they're planning on doing with that or if it's just going to stay closed the, you know, for the foreseeable future. Um, but the popcorn area was closed. Savi's Workshop. So it is open, but they're doing something different with Savi's now. So you can go in the physical building, but they have all of the legacy sabers that uh, you can look at in Doc Ondar's. So legacy sabers, I mean sabers that you know are replicas of characters that we know so rays and ben solos and obi-wans mm -hmm. and you know malls and all of them uh you can look at them through glass at doc ondar's but if you want to hold them and buy them you can do that at savvy's workshop um which prior to this pandemic that was where you could build your own uh, customizable lightsaber but as you can imagine, people touching different parts and taking some and putting some mm. back and things like that makes sense that you wouldn't want to have a bunch of people grabbing different parts of things. So Yeah, that's a bummer. I guess I, I didn't think about that. So they're not doing the buildable, build your own lightsaber at all? It's not something that's available right now? Nope, not at all. Man, that's a bummer. Yeah. But I get it. Yeah. And that was something I would have done again. That was one of my favorite things. Um, but we'll have to wait till next time, probably. Yeah, it'll be back. Yeah. The Resistance Stands. Uh, that's where you could go and you could buy Resistance merchandise, like Poe Dameron stuff and Ray stuff, and whether that be patches or keychains or clothing or figures or things like that. They had these little, like, stands selling that stuff out by the resistance area at the beginning of galaxy's edge those are completely shut down you can still buy all that stuff but they've switched it from the resistance stands to the marketplace so sort of like the batu outfitters uh the black spire outfitters that's where you can get all of the resistance stuff now so they just moved that around a little bit okay so they just was it kind of more just like like a stand seems like something that people could just crowd around, like those yeah. little stands that are throughout all of Disney, basically, that have like little pins that match the area, like those kind of, like yeah. like that kind of a thing. Yeah, and, you know, it's hard to regulate how many people can be around that. And... Right, that makes sense, too. Yeah. 
Now, if you're like me and you go to Disney, one of your favorite things to do is eat. Disney has a lot of fantastic food, especially at Galaxy's Edge. If you've never had a Ronto wrap, you need to try it first thing <laughs> when you go there. Ronto wraps forever. Um, <laughs> so the places that you can get food are Docking Bay 7, which is sort of like the quick service area. They do have seating and everything over there. Ronto Roasters. Uh, and the milk stand are the popular ones with the blue and the green milk. Now, I didn't realize this. I was going up to wait in the line, and all three of these places have a sort of tent sign out at the front with a QR code on it. So through your app, you place a mobile order, request a time to pick it up, and then when it's your turn, you can go up uh, and get it. So you don't have to wait in line for any food at all. It's just whenever it's your turn to get your food, you just go up and get it. So you really don't even have to, like, stand in line to get a Ronto wrap. It works very well. Now, I don't know how it would work, like, if you don't have the app or something. I'm not sure how that works. Mm, So you have to have, yeah, would you just have to have a more up-to-date, like, capable smartphone, I guess? That's yeah. capable of ordering. Is it, is it just the Disney app, like the regular Disney app that has like a yeah. Galaxy's Edge portion to it? Yep. That sounds really cool, though. I feel like everything, like I don't eat at a restaurant anymore unless I can mobile order for something somewhere to either pick it up or drop it off. Like I even Target, like, you know, I mobile order my Target things now. So, yeah. That definitely would make me feel a lot safer about eating in a place like Disney during these times. Yeah. And, you know, they regulate how many people go in and pick up their order at once. And there's hand sanitizer all over the place. And this, I think, this next thing I think is is very impressive. All the people who are working on inside, inside, whether it be Doc Ondar's, it could be one of the restaurants, it could be Oga's Cantina or working a ride they all not only have face masks but they have face shields as well so face masks and face shields in conjunction with each other i feel like is the best way to uh prevent the spread of covid without some sort of like heavy duty medical you know technology that suit (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) um and obviously you know that the mask protects other people it you know it's it's more for other people than it is for you and so when all of the people that are working at the park not only have masks but face shields as well i mean it does take a little bit away from when you're on the star destroyer and you got a first order you know officer with a face shield on it's like mm, looks a little strange but you know you're at disney and you're there's a pandemic so you deal with it you know right and if you just think about like because the face shield too from wearing a mask and wearing a face shield, the face shield is probably protecting that, you know, cast member more than it's protecting you. The masks are protecting each other. The face shield is kind of more of just protecting, you know, that projectile from like getting into your eyes because they say that is also a way that you can contract it. So it it's just nice to see that Disney is not letting that like, like, oh, it's taking away from the experience. Like, they're not letting that stop them from protecting their cast members. Yeah. You know, because if you think about it, those people have to 
not only work at Disney during a pandemic, which just sounds scary in, to begin with, um, but but they have to be seeing just like how many did did they say how many people they allow in Disney in a day? Do you know the numbers? I don't know. I I, I thought I heard somewhere that it was going to be like twenty five percent of capacity. I know, but that has to be huge, right? Like, what's the capacity of Disney? Like, they have to be seeing still potentially well, like over a thousand people. I will say least. this. I just went to Hollywood Studios for one day. The majority of Hollywood Studios completely dead. Like, totally dead. Like, wow. the most dead I've ever seen it. Galaxy's Edge was a little bit busier because that's the biggest attraction at that park right now. So, mm-hmm. most of the people that were in Hollywood Studios went to Galaxy's Edge. So, it's kind of hard to say. If you're going to go to Disney and you don't care about going to Galaxy's Edge, I mean... That's totally. Yeah. That's totally the, the way. The park to do is it. yours. But, yeah. <laughs> um, Galaxy's Edge was still the busiest place in Hollywood Studios. So, um, but as far as like numbers of people, I it's hard to tell. That place is so massive; it's yeah. hard to tell like how many people are in it. But right, but those people are seeing still probably at least like hundreds of people a day, and that's. That has to be really scary working yeah. somewhere like that. So it's nice to see that they, you know, it put all of the, you know, fitting into the the role of Star Wars or whatever. Like, who cares? Like, let's not all die in a pandemic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I had heard a rumor that, you know, some of the First Order stormtroopers that are walking around and things like that are, are helping to enforce... You know, wearing masks and staying socially distanced. And I personally did not see any characters in costume walking around the park amongst the people. Um, and that's not to say that it doesn't happen, but they just don't do it. The First Order Stormtroopers specifically, uh, at least when I was there. So they were up by the Thai echelon, kind of uh, away and elevated from people. Um, I saw them there first, and then there's an area over by Ronto Roasters where uh, some characters will go, like Chewbacca went up there, Vi Marathi was over there, Ray was over there, uh, and occasionally the First Order Stormtroopers are over there, and they are behind a, like a gate or like a fence, and then sometimes there's an even second level, which is further away from people, so you can't really do a meet and greet with anybody. Um, right. But you can still kind of have them pose behind you far enough away that, you know, it still it still looks okay, but you can't really get close to them. That really makes sense, though, because Disney is so, you know, good at keeping the integrity of their characters and making that experience like a truly magical experience when you're meeting a character and... I think that that would really like to have like a little kid, like just picture like a little Ray, like running up to Ray and wanting to give Ray a hug and Ray has to be like, no, no, stay over there. Like that's not very magical. So it's, I feel like, yeah, it's definitely much better to just wave from afar where they don't have to wear a mask. They could still like keep the integrity of the characters. Chewbacca doesn't have to turn down Wookiee hugs left and right. (laughs) Yeah, because even the stormtroopers and, and Chewbacca. Because if, if you think about it, like that, those people are probably relatively like that. If there is a hazmat suit, 
that could look like Star Wars, like that's it. But it's still, you can't stop people from like touching them and the next person touches them and the next person hugs and wipes their snot yeah. on Chewbacca's fur. Like there's no sanitizing that. So right. <laughs> the Wookiee fur really holds on to the COVID. Yuck. <laughs> <laughs> but that's smart of them. That was a good solution on their part. Yeah. I did take some photos of, you know, the characters behind their little stations and things like that. So if you've seen uh, either my social media pages or Twin Sons, you can find some there. But it was fun, even though you weren't able to interact with the characters all that much. Now, the rides are another big reason why people go to Galaxy's Edge. And Smuggler's Run is a very popular ride. It was one that opened. The Rise of the Resistance wasn't open the first time I was there. And um, the thing is, six people at one time go into that Falcon, and you're pushing buttons, and you're sitting in seats, and um, you know, six people is a decent amount of people uh, to fill the Falcon's cockpit. Now, there are three different jobs, the pilots, the gunners, and the engineers, and the way that they did it uh, before was they would hand you a little, sort of a little card that would say what your task was, what your job was. Um, so each of the six people, you know, that were going to be in your cockpit would get a, a different card, and they don't do that now. So there was no handing out of cards because you'd you'd get one and then you'd have to hand it back, and that's how they would call you when you knew it was your turn. Um, and so that they did away with, and so now it's just your party by itself, whether it be one person, two people, or six people, go in by yourself. So obviously there's going to be some, you know, you're not going to get a high score because there's going to, you might not have a gunner or an engineer or two engineers. Um, or if you're a pilot, you're going to have to pull the lever of hyperspace by yourself and, you know, things like that. So they did a great job keeping it just your party that goes into the cockpit at one time um, and making sure that they sanitized everything afterwards and stuff like that as well. So are there parts of that ride that it's just kind of like the kind of thing where it's like, shoot over there. And it's like, nobody's over there to do it. Like it's, do you, yeah. like, do you, you have like, like the ability to move about the cabin or are you just where you're at? No, you're where you're at. You got a seatbelt okay. and everything. So yeah, okay. you can't, you can't, you can't do all the things, unfortunately. So It'd be very realistic though. Yeah. Everybody was just like up and about and like, smashing themselves into things <laughs> while they're like pulling levers yeah just have to sign a waiver first <laughs> oh speaking of signing waivers this is has nothing to do with star wars but i did have to sign a waiver because i went to a pepper palace area when i was on vacation and i tried because i like really hot food oh and i yeah. tried um it was called the end and okay. I had to sign a waiver. They put this little drop on the, the spoon, and I had to put it, like, on my tongue. And it was so hot. I had to go get gelato right afterwards to kind of, like, cool it down a little bit. But it was, like, burning my face. So, <laughs> so the yeah. waiver had nothing to do with COVID, but it was just, like, <laughs> you try this, you can't sue us because yep. it's that hot. <laughs> oh yep. Yep. That's crazy. But all you had to do was just go eat gelato after? You're signing a waiver. I feel like I would throw up. Like, it, if it's that spicy. They had a puke bucket. Right. You didn't? You just, no, I, you just I went and ate gelato? 
I mean, I probably didn't even need the gelato, but it, it definitely felt better. Oh my after god! The gelato. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that was that was a tangent, but um, I felt the need to to talk about that since we were talking about waivers. Um, but going back to the rides, I'll talk about the rise of the resistance here in a second because that to me was the highlight of the trip this time. Um, but one thing I want to talk about before that is Oga's Cantina. Now, the Oga's Cantina was a hopping place the last time I was here. There was, you know, lines outside to get in. I'm not even kidding you, Jesse. The first time I went on opening weekend, so the bar area, they don't have chairs or anything. So when you're at the bar, you're standing up. Um, and they would be like, okay, party of one, Eric, I'd go in there and they'd literally like squeeze me in between two people at the bar because the entire bar area was so packed. So obviously you can't do that now. Um, they did add seats to, I think the bar, the bar area, like actually at the bar. Um, and so they have tables spread apart. Like you obviously social for social distancing reasons. Um, all the servers and everything have masks and uh, masks and face shields, and um, this is more for I think you know just drinking alcohol at Disney and trying to to get as many people in and out as possible. But they have a forty five minute time limit, so you can't sit in there the entire time and you know eat and drink like crazy. So it's a forty five minute time limit, and then you're out of there. So. There's no risk of kind of staying in there too long or anything like that, which I think is nice. Um, so was yeah. that limit set before, or is that new? No, they had they COVID. had that before, but I think it works out pretty oh, okay. well for COVID too. Right. Yeah. So it's because so obviously not as many people can get in. Yeah. So, yeah. Although I will say those pictures, you guys, it, it does really look like it's cooler to be there with not as many people in the social distancing because you guys have such great pictures like of like Amanda dancing with the little DJ droid yeah. at Oga's. Like there's nobody around you guys and it just looks so much more in world Yeah, from the Instagram perspective. <laughs> so yeah. there's a plus. <laughs> and this is kind of what I'm saying. Like obviously there's a pandemic going on. Disney is a popular place. And there's going to be more people at Disney than there would be, you know, at Target when you go out to, you know, buy your disposable masks and hand sanitizer. But my point is, I think Disney is doing a great job at keeping people safe and making people feel healthy and like they're doing their part. Um, and so if you guys are on the fence about going to Disney or going to Galaxy's Edge, I recommend going and just trying it out. Like I said, I only went one day just to minimize my time out there because there is a pandemic, but I think I think I felt really good about it. Yeah, and I mean, this is a little tangent too, obviously nothing about Star Wars, but I, I went to a wedding this weekend. It was my cousin's wedding. They decided to go through with it. They were already going to have less than 50 people it was already a small wedding and they had even less than that because some people just didn't feel com some people didn't feel comfortable but they uh, seated everybody by household they provided the most adorable masks that had like their name on it and the date of their wedding and we were able to go about the entire wedding 
completely as normal because everyone was wearing masks and the people who were working the venue had masks on. They were Everything was social distancing and everybody had masks and it was like so cool to just be out and about and acting normal, but you're just wearing a mask. Yeah. So it's just like if everybody just gets behind the rules, like we could pretty much be back to normal right now with just a little bit of a modification. It felt great. So listen and wear your masks, everybody. Listen to the rules. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, I'm glad you're able to get out and have some fun. And I think that's one of the biggest reasons why I'm just glowing right now with my trip from Galaxy's Edge, just because it felt kind of normal. You know, wearing a mask in 100 degree heat's not normal, but it kind of, you know, being in that, that environment sort of made me forget that I had a mask on, you know. Right. Just going to vaca- on vacation yeah. is like a step back towards normalcy, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Jesse, I want to talk about Rise of the Resistance. Now, like I said before, Rise of the Resistance uh, sort of had a delayed opening and was not open for the initial launch of either park uh, right away. But Rise of the Resistance is such a popular ride, and due to the fact that we have social distancing, due to the fact that the um, it's a new ride, there was a very special way that you had to get on this. You had to join a virtual queue in the morning. Now, Jesse, this was something that I was freaking out about because it's the <laughs> one thing that I didn't get to do last time because it wasn't open. And I'm only going for one day, coming from Illinois, so all these annual pass holders that are trying to get on the ride all the time, like, I'm like, (laughs) I just want to get it on on one time. So at... They, they did it twice during the day, once at 10 a.m. and once at 2 p.m. And once those slots were filled up, and they filled up in 10 to 15 seconds. 10 oh to God. 15 seconds. So as soon as that clock hit 10 o'clock, you had 15 seconds to get in with your entire party into the virtual queue. So, And that's what the person at Disney told me. She's like, you better have your app open. You better be refreshing. Once that hits 10 o'clock, hit join, and you'll get in. And then you had to – so I had four people in my group. Amanda and my parents went with me as well. So I had to manually, like, check Amanda's name and then my mom's name and then my dad's name. Oh, my God. And I was freaking out because I'm like, some people are probably just there with one person. They just hit join, then they're in. Right. But I was able to get it. I was able to get it for the 10 o'clock thing, and I was – like immediately I did it so fast I was like there's no possible way that I won't get this I did it so fast and it, it gave me boarding group 47 I had to wait 230 minutes after doing it in like you know snap oh your fingers God. so it was 10 o'clock I didn't get on the ride until three o'clock um, and so you know that was that was it was nice that you didn't have to wait in line because you could walk around in the park and your app will say hey you know your boarding group's been called head over to rise of the resistance you have an hour to get on the ride so it was nice that way there wasn't like a mass of people surrounding the rise of the resistance or anything like that but i was really worried that it wasn't going to work out but that worry was uh unfounded so so it it has to be the day of 
Yep. That you you have to be in the park, too. That's nice. Mm-hmm. That's really nice. Because I know so many other of, like, the huge attractions of Disney, like, the way Fast Passes work. Like, I feel that anxiety because last time we were planning a Disney vacation, it was, like, the whole three months leading up to it, I was refreshing the app to see if we could get, like, Fast Passes for certain really busy rides or things like that. So I feel that. But it's cool that you just get it the day of because I remember – planning for Disney and three months ahead of time I looked at the fast passes and it would all be already gone and I just had to keep refreshing every hour of the day for like three months to see if anybody just like dropped their fast pass for any reason and getting what I wanted but yeah for opening weekend for Oga's Cantina and Savi's workshop it was a little bit different because they had a day I can't remember it was maybe three or four weeks in advance maybe even longer than that, where they opened it up for reservations. So if you knew you were going to be at Batu on September 8th or whatever it is, you could go to that day and make a reservation for Savi's workshop to build a lightsaber. And I didn't realize that the reservation booking had opened. So it's a couple days before I'm going on my trip out to Florida for opening weekend and I didn't have reservations for anything. So I just had to constantly like check and I think Amanda and my mom were checking for me to see if anybody had canceled or rescheduled or there were any openings at all. And luckily I was able to not only get to Savi's but also Oga's um, to do both things. But um, even now you still have to make reservations ahead of time for Oga's just so you know when you're going to be there and when to go. Um, and if Savi's ever opens back up, you'll have to do it for that too. But, um, with, with the rise of the resistance, you have to be there that day in the park in order to make your reservation. That's cool. And I have another question about that. Why only two times a day? Because it, it fills like- up so fast. It fills up so fast. So there were in, I, I don't know how many people, but it took five hours from the time that I signed up in the morning to the time that I got on the ride. And the second time oh. that they allowed bookings was only an hour before I got on. So it would go through the whole oh, day. Okay. So I was picturing like there's only two, like they run the ride twice a day. But because no. I even, I heard like um, there's been like other like, Star Wars people going to Galaxy's Edge. Like actually, Ashley Eckstein just did like a takeover, and I heard her say that too. And I was like, they're only running this ride two times a day. Like, what is this ride? Yeah. Like, like they just <laughs> they open it up for virtual queuing twice a day, and so you just have to wait till it's your turn to get on. Got it. But it's running all day. It's running like all it's day. Not on a loop, half a constant day. loop. Yep. Right. But the ride, I mean, it's amazing. I think it's, I didn't time it, but I heard it was like about 15 minutes and that's sort of what it felt. Um, There are different parts to the ride, so I'm not going to give you any spoilers about what happens, Um, but you do go from place to place. uh, And so it's, it's awesome. Um, uh, That's a a long ride, right? 15 minutes? Yeah. It's a great combination between... Um, sort of like animatronics and old school special effects with new technology and it's probably the my favorite ride that I've ever been on anywhere and it's just kind of unfortunate because you know once you ride it once you can't ride it again so if you get picked right. in the 10 o'clock time slot you can't you know try to sign up to get in the virtual queue at 2 o'clock so you ride it once and that's it 
but I can't wait to go back and, and ride it so many times because you got the ride it's 15 minutes long and they're trying to get you in and out, you know, so there's I so many things you miss. Right. I guarantee, though, that it would be one of those rides that would have like a four hour wait to the point where it's like if you wanted to go on it multiple times, you'd be yeah. there. That's like what you would be doing for the day. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yep. like it's I feel like it's going to be like that for a while, even after everything opens up again. Like look at like um, Avatar, the Panto- Pandora, Pandora, mm-hmm. like those rides, even just like a year after them opening were like three hours for like the biggest and coolest of like the rides that's over there. Well, I hope that they take a page out of out of Hollywood Studios book with the virtual queuing and everything where you can just kind of go back when it's your turn cuz separate from a pandemic it's a great system that way people right. aren't waiting around all the time i actually had to do it um last year for the opening when they were um afraid that galaxy's edge was going to hit capacity so you had to be in a virtual queue for the first day um so like I I went I went there in the morning got a bunch of crap went back to my hotel room dropped off my stuff charged my phone and went back and when I went back I had to I wasn't allowed in right away I was in that virtual queue because they were at capacity so I had to wait and then but I could go anywhere around Hollywood Studios I could go on Star Tours I could go to Toy Story Land and then my phone would say hey it's your turn to get into Galaxy's Edge so I could go so. Yeah, I wonder if this will be like the upgrade to the fast pass. Like if this is just going to be the new yeah. way they do everything. Well, it's a great way to do it. And um, like I said, if you are on the fence about going to Disney, I highly recommend going. They're taking everything very seriously and doing a great job of monitoring uh, face masks and social distancing. They've got sanitation everywhere, and obviously it's Disney, so it's always exciting and happy when you're there. Um, Jesse, before I go, I do want to talk about some of the new things that they have at Galaxy's Edge on September 1st or the 2nd. I can't remember, uh, but it was like either the day before or two days before I went there, they released a silver Batuin Spira gift card. And so if you're familiar with the story of Batu and what the locals do there, Spira is the form of payment that they take on Batu. And um, there was a gold one before. They just released a silver one. Uh, it's a minimum of $100, but it's a regular gift card. So you just load it up with money and you can go around Black Spire Outpost and it acts as a Disney gift card and you can use it to pay for things. So it's really nice. It has a barcode, so mine are still in the packages. The barcode had a little window so they could scan it and everything. But they're continuously bringing out more merchandise. I'm sure many of you saw Ashley Eckstein make her announcement that the Clone Wars Season 7 Ahsoka Legacy Sabres are going to be released this fall. The first of their kind because they will be able to change lightsaber blade colors, which is awesome. And uh, being in the first week of September when we went out there, I asked them if they had it and they said no, but they're all eagerly awaiting uh, the arrival. So it'll be exciting when those show up as well. It'll be worth it to get one of those Spira gift cards when that comes out because you'll be spending $100 real easy. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Might as well get two of them. <laughs> yeah. So, always a great time at Black Spire Outpost on Batu. 
Um, and we'd love to see your guys' pictures if you've been there, especially during the pandemic. We'd love to know what you guys, how you guys felt um, being there. Obviously, the one in California is still not open, uh, so it's only the one that to east in Florida. But let us know. Let us know if you guys have had any experiences at uh, Disney during the pandemic. Thanks so much for listening to episode 183 of Twin Sons Transmission. Jesse, before we go, where can people find us on social media? You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, all under the same handle at Twin Sons Outpost. All right, and if you're looking for places to listen to our show, you can find us on our website, which is www.twinsonsoutpost.com. Click on the podcast tab on the left-hand side. You'll find all of our episodes there. You can also find us on the Star Wars podcast app through the Google Play Store and on iTunes. And if you enjoyed this episode and you think we're pretty wizard, go ahead and give us a good review wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, everyone. As always, may the Force be with you, and we'll see you next week. Hi, this is Vanessa Marshall, Harrison Dula from Star Wars Rebels. You've been listening to Twin Suns Transmission, an exciting show where sand gets everywhere. Thank you for listening to this presentation of the Twin Suns Podcast Network. May the Force be with you, always. Rendezvous point on Halloween. This time you are not a familiar thing.